Welcome to the podcast. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Andy Jackson. I have no name for this podcast yet. Um, I have no guests for this podcast. I have three cats sitting next to me, um, but they've decided to not participate. So uh, you might hear some meows, but they're not really going to contribute much else. Uh, and yeah, I just wanted to do this to really um, start getting some ideas out there in a format that I think is, uh, you know, will resonate with people and hopefully get people to think about certain things and talk about certain things and ask me about certain things. And um, I do want to talk to some people uh, and and get them on here and hash out some ideas. But yeah, for right now, it's just going to be me. Also, uh, you know, we could call this uh, the allergy, the allergy kid and his furry friends, because as you can hear, my uh, my voice is always a little bit, a little iffy, and my nose is a bit clogged because uh, I'm the allergy kid and uh, I'm sitting next to the source of allergies. So uh, forgive me for the audio quality. We're gonna hopefully fix that soon. Uh, so yeah, let's get rolling. I I wanted to talk about a few things in this first episode um just touch on a few things that i've been thinking about recently and one of them is the concept of having a purpose this is something that like i think has been uh you know bandied about the whole term the whole idea of purpose and mindfulness and it's one of those kind of like catch words that these kind of like uh self-help people use and that's like an industry that that i think you know it was once a cottage industry now it's 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 got to be a full-blown billion dollar industry of just charlotte charlatans and mostly empty shitheads selling you on the idea that they can turn you into a better person by i don't know telling you you can be a better person so i don't want to i don't want to even wade into those waters um I think it's hilariously funny, some of these people. <laughs> I used to work for one. Um, so I'm going to go too deep into anything like that. But I think purpose is something that we should talk about more seriously. Uh, not in the sense of like a fucking Tony Robbins course or somebody, you know, some sort of religious thing. But more just like a day-to-day life. Like what what makes us happy, right? Like, and are we okay with that happiness? And, and what... What bores us? And are we okay with that boredom? And that's something that I think is a struggle. And I think that the more exposed we become to uh, to having all these inputs around us, you know, all this entertainment and all these images and ideas and thoughts, it it becomes dil- diluted. Like the, the power of 
of purpose becomes diluted because we we just put ourselves out there in too many different things you know from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed at night we're just, we're just constantly distracted and we're so distracted that the distraction becomes our purpose right it, it's like a alcohol or a drug or any sort of addiction we we just become hooked into the distraction where we're like if i can just keep distracted for you know 18 hours a day then i don't have to have a purpose uh, i don't have to have a goal i don't have to have a hobby or things i like but that's something i noticed a lot recently and it and it, it's a little disturbing cuz you notice it with young people uh more but you know, young, what's a young person, right? Like young people get older, you know, I'm talking to people in their thirties and when you ask them like, Hey, you know, what do you like to do? Their answers are always so like, they're all just things that I think we all like to do. It's like, I like to sleep. I like to watch movies, I like to eat. It's like, yeah, all right. I think everyone does, but it's like outside of that, what do you like to do? Cause you realize that they're not doing that 24 seven. So like, what, what, of all the other things you're doing, what do you like, you know? And I think a lot of people get trapped in the shitty jobs, but that's that's always been the case. Um, as long as there's been jobs, there's been shitty jobs. And matter of fact, I think jobs were much shittier in my lifetime, were much shittier 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I can't even imagine 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Lord knows once you get you know past a certain year, there's some pretty shady shit when it comes to jobs. Um, and there still is. But... Aside from jobs, I think it's like, we're like a, you know, I say we, I'm talking about, I guess, the Western world, um, specifically the United States, but I think most of the Western world is like this, that we're like these cultures without purpose. And I think it strips us of a lot of our humanity in a sense that we care less about hurting people uh, than we used to. And we care less about love loving people than we used to and we care less about acknowledging both of those things because we have the option to not do it so to give you a little anecdote so a few months ago i lost i don't even know how to say it's not laughing i lost my teenage cat sitter to tiktok um like completely lost her to tiktok like haven't talked to her wouldn't recognize her personality if i ran into her in the street just totally and it, it was weird for me it was like I, I had watched this teenager who who i looked at as like a little kid even though she was technically 18 an adult and she used to watch my cats um for money and you know i thought it was like a good wholesome helpful thing to give somebody a job and and she she was all right at it she wasn't great um, but it was this is a kid, you know, I used to have conversations with her about kids stuff, um, like usually, mostly just teenage boys, which are just, that's the easiest advice to give in the world. I'm just like, oh God, trash, trash, trash. Like, like if you got a Rod and Todd, sorry, I'm going to pause for a second, but if you, if you, if you get a Rod and Todd Flanders haircut, dude, and you're mean to girls, work on yourself, man. Like that's just, I don't know, man. Anyway. At a certain point, I watched this girl change, and she had no purpose, right? 
But no 18-year-old has a purpose. I didn't have a fucking purpose. I thought I was going to be a professional snowboarder for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to be like a, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know. I probably had 90 different visions, and none of them involved what I'm really doing now. I guess except for being a writer. But, you know, it's okay at 18 to not have a purpose. But I can now see how an 18-year-old can turn into a 28-year-old without purpose in a blink of an eye. And and that's what worries me. Um so I lost the cats at her TikToks because one day, or I guess over the course of some time, she just became influenced by these, quote, influencers. And they're these teenage girls her age who have millions of followers and tens of millions of hits on TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, and their thing is dancing, like, just, which is, I don't even know if it's dancing, just shaking their ass to, like, uh, something called drill music, which fucking my boomer ass had no idea what I don't. I I, I don't even want to say that I don't think it's music because I know that that's what old people said, said about rap when I was younger uh, and rock before I was born. But I feel like this happens more than we talk about, or at least more than people who don't have kids talk about. And I started to see it with adults. Like this really kind of hit me to. It's a general culture that I see um, around the lack of, of, of consciousness and a lack of purpose and a lack of focus. And I think like, and I know it's cliche to say, like I, I live in Miami Beach, right? But I'll just refer to it as Miami, like whatever, greater Miami. I feel like we're in like ground zero for like missing consciousness. And it, it's starting to like really make me question why because at its core Miami is like a blue collar working class town city that's you know pretty much built by immigrants and built as like a you know resort you know Miami Beach is like a resort town vacation town you know for people to have fun in the sun we don't really have an industry down here we don't have uh it's not really famous for schools we have we have a couple of colleges but it's not it's not why you come here and if you come to college here it, you know i'd love to hear that conversation some midwestern household <laughs> i want to go to miami to college really why oh, all the museums hmm, okay so you know we've kind of cultivated a reputation which i think everybody is aware of of um ephemeral bullshit, you know, just things that come and go, uh, instant gratification, um, visual pleasure, uh, aud- aud- audible pleasure, all the senses, you know, getting tingled all, all at the same time and 10 times higher than they would anywhere else. But I noticed that a lot of the adults here, they carry what this 18-year-old cat sitter carries, which is the need to hide from finding a goal or a passion or a hobby and I think we all hide in our different ways and I don't want to be like shitting on other people because I I participate I think I definitely participate in it too but you you really have to have like a conscious like self-struggle here on a day-to-day basis to be real and to be genuine 
And that's something that I, I don't know how we can change. And I know it's not just Miami, but, it, you know, forgive me, it's, this is where I live. The previous to this, I, I was living outside the United States for, you know, since before social media was invented. So this is kind of all I got when it comes to here. But living in Miami is wild. You know, it's like you, you can have some of I've had some of the deepest conversations and some of the dumbest conversations here simultaneously. That's why I don't want to shit on the town because... I really have some of the best friends I've ever met in my life are here. There's some real ones in Miami. And I mean brilliant people. But it's almost like brilliant people are are kind of not rewarded for their brilliance here. And on the flip side of that, all of the the very kind of surface level human stuff the, the, the more shallow superficial stuff is not only rewarded it's like it's 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 rewarded to a point of 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 absurdity to parody you know it's like you, the 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 more wealthy you are the, the wealthier you are is not like a, a barometer of success in miami it's how much you show your wealth off that's the barometer of success and then it works in this weird like dichotomy too because there's there's a different standard for men and women um which is kind of awful and gross but it's also kind of sim, sim, symbiotic right so women are into money just as much as men right that's that's the easy one it's just how they want to show it that's different and how they want to get it that's different like i've never met a girl who owns a boat right and I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, there's so many people. There's a lot of boats around here. There's yachts, small boats, big boats. Swear to God, never met one woman who owns a boat. And I'm like, why? Like, the sea is awesome. Women love boats. I mean, women really love boats in Miami. But it's like, why don't you fucking buy one? It, are we is the disparity of wealthy women to wealthy men so off? I don't know the the, the, the statistics on that, but I kind of think it is. And then there's this other kind of like really dark side to it, which is that like like women love rich men, right? That's that's nothing new, and that's not a, just a Miami thing. That's just years of patriarchal culture setting that shit up, and I, I get it, right? I, I get that that's something you got to break out of generate for generations. You need a culture shift for that, and that shift is not coming anytime soon down here, uh, nor in Latin America or, or anywhere else I've ever lived, to be honest with you. But I never hear women talk about financial goals in the sense of their own like accomplishments. It's always in the sense of marrying somebody or dating somebody or getting gifts. And... I used to take that shit a lot lighter than I do now. I used to think it was, uh, I don't know. I always think it was kind of sexy because as a man, you, you go, okay, so all I have to do is just get XYZ achievements financially and be slightly suave with how I talk. And then I get the attention from these all these women. And then, But then you realize, that like, ugh, it's like the wrong kind of attention. And then, you know, it's like, what what's the goal right going back to the purpose like what what's the purpose it's very weird it's weird with men too right so i don't want to shit on women too much because 
the men here are also empty as fuck. So in, in a weird way, like hot, empty people finding each other is kind of like karmic God's work, right? Like, you know, when you see like, <laughs> I'm like this. I see you have two hot friends. You just low key want them to get together. It's like if you have like two gay friends, you're like, and they're your only two gay friends or two black friends, and they're your only two black friends. You, the weird part of your brain just wants to introduce them, even though you know it's like that's a little much. But uh, <laughs> that's how I feel with with good looking people. I'm like, man, you're you're good looking. You're 27. You're good looking. You're 27. You guys should fuck. Just get it over with. Get it over with. The rest of us will be happy about it. But I think the same goes for empty people. I think empty people, uh, I think empty people find each other here, and it's kind of like sim- sim- symbiotic. But what what worries me is that that emptiness and that culture. I think a lot of people aren't empty. I think there's a lot of people that are smart, that are that are deep, that have uh, a lot of character, and I think that they're dumbed down by. Uh, social norms and social graces and I don't know I don't think it's a good thing I think it's it's unhealthy I think a lot of people are encouraged by this TikTok world or Instagram world or it used to be television but you know, this whole world of show more than you have and then eventually you'll have what you show uh, or achievement Achievements are, are are meaningless unless they have mass recognition. And you used to be on television, you know, we'd watch this, people would watch this, and you'd have these unrealistic expectations, and you know, you'd be kind of delusional if it's like, oh, you want to be like a star on TV. But now the TV is in our hands, and we're not watching people that have like necessarily any skills. It's like you could shit on like a Brad Pitt or a. I don't know if you want to go way back, a Humphrey Bogart or you know a Marilyn Monroe for whatever, but they at least had some sort of skill. They were outliers, right? There's not a lot of outliers on Instagram. I mean, just if you just it's a numbers game. It's like how many millions of people have the exact same thing that they're putting out there, and what makes what makes what sets them apart? You know, like how can you have ten thousand hours? Like uh, like Gladwell says, uh, you know, to be an outlier of of expertise. If you're 19 years old, <laughs> where did you invest those 10,000 hours into? Your ass, a car? Like I I don't. It just I don't get that. That that shit is weird to me. Um. So yeah, that's really what worries me is. I'll I'll lay off Miami a little bit. <laughs> Is in general, how do we escape as cultures and societies that are inundated by um, social media and, and and kind of propped up phony images and ideas of things? And how do we unfuck <laughs> our perceived purpose? Like, how do we break through that? You know, like. It, it, you know, there's a saying is like, you know, find the signal in the noise, but the signal is the noise uh, in, in these days. So, so how do we differentiate ourselves? I, I think one of the ways we do is to kind of step back from our addictions. 
um, that cover up all of the the reality that's around us. I know that with drugs and alcohol, that's something that has been going on for years. You know, it's that people cover up reality with booze or drugs or sex or food. And I think we need to start looking at um, social media and just in general how we consume ideas and the volume of which we consume ideas and images. And need to look at that as like an addiction and kind of slow it the fuck down. And it, it's all going to, it sounds ironic coming from my mouth because I'm as big of an addict as, as anyone else. You know, that I'm plugged right the fuck in. I'm sitting right now like a psychopath talking alone in front of a bunch of cats into a phone, <laughs> which I'm going to post all over the internet. So I don't want to make people think that I'm trying to point fingers uh, or throw shade at anyone, but like. I want to work through it myself. So, you know, maybe this is just an exercise in me talking to myself. But how do we quiet down the bullshit noise and then refine our purpose, refine what we love in life? You know, like when was the last time you made a list in your head of things that you love to do in life? It's so easy when you're a kid. So easy. You know, oh, I love soccer and I love mom's meatloaf and I love whatever music of the moment it you know is and i love you know my goofy group of friends and i love the snow or i love the beach and it's like just do an experiment go to somebody under the age of 40 and ask them what they love and watch their eyes roll in the back of their head (laughs) it's like asking somebody like a math equation they can't give it to you so you know when people do look for you know, when they want to change their life, they're so lost because they've just been ignoring what life has been giving them. And, then, you know, what does life give us too, right? It gives us everything. I mean, life gives you some pain, you know, and that's on a scale. You know, you know, pain for someone could be violence or mass scale abuse or psychological torture, starvation. Um, but... It could also be depression, loneliness, uh, feeling unloved, feeling unacknowledged. Um, acknowledgement's another another thing that I think we've diluted. Uh, we over acknowledge, but we over acknowledge with with insignificant results. You know the 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 culture of of likes and shares. It's like you know, is that real acknowledgement? And then can you can you blame someone for not going beyond that? You know, how, how many times, how many things do you see in a day on a screen that you feel compelled to acknowledge? If, you, if there's 500 things, you, you can't have 500 real acknowledgements in a day. It's just not, the human brain's not meant for that. So you miss out on real acknowledgement. You know, we miss out on telling each other things like, I love you. Or I have a crush on you, or I like you, or you made me upset, or I'm worried about you, or I'm proud of you. You know, we throw a lot of these things around, but I, I think we lack the the a lot of the meaning behind it. And it's scary too when you, when you live a certain amount of years and you're avoiding like real conversations and real moments and real acknowledgement. You start to give it or start to receive it. It's it's really powerful. 
Because you kind of have to sit in it. You know, when somebody says you're doing the wrong thing, you got to sit in that, right? When someone says you're doing the right thing, sometimes it's even harder to hear compliments. And, and it's harder to be alone with, with those thoughts. Or it's, you know, it's even even harder to be around other people with those thoughts. You know, we, we've stepped away from being uncomfortable to the point where we've monetized it. You know, like the cat sitter. <laughs> she got too cool for cat sitting. And I, I asked why, and she just ignored me and moved on. Never heard from her again. And I think that we do that with everything. You know, you turn on a a, a, a series. And you don't like it in the first few minutes. You just move on to the next one. You don't need to give a reason. When you're talking to somebody and they say the wrong sentence and you could just cut them off forever. Or even if they don't say anything, you just have a bad week and just go, eh, I don't want to talk to this person ever again and ignore them. Um, or work. You know, people have jobs and this one always baffles me. So I wonder, it's like, how do you pay your bills? You know, but people do this all the time. They just don't show up and they don't call. They just go ghost, ghost. Ghosting is one of the most foul things to do. If you're a ghoster, by the way, go fuck yourself. Like, honestly, like, if you're a ghoster and you're over the age of 23, seek help. Because that is one of the weakest things you can do. That's something that I have, like, a, a non-negotiable, like, ironclad mental contract about with people. I'm like, if you got a problem with me and we're friends, say something. Don't just vanish. If I, if you're a client of mine or I'm a client of yours or whatever, we're working together and there's some issue with work, say something, right? If you're going to fire me or if I need to fire you, come out and fucking say it. Like, have some balls. And I know that's a weird macho term because it applies to all genders. But, like, have some courage. Like, we, we lack courage, like. When was the last time you had a crush on somebody you straight up just looked them in the eye and told them? Like, that, that is like... I mean, when I was like 16, that would be unfathomable. Like, I, I literally would rather cliff dive into rocks than do that. But at a certain point in my life, I, I think that's all I would do. <laughs> I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> and you see what happens. You either like you back or not. You find out pretty quick. But we don't do that anymore. And the same thing when we don't like somebody. Not that you should be going up and telling people, I don't like you. Um, but don't pretend to like somebody as a friend if you don't have to. I mean, you know, there's some gray area there with coworkers where it's like, you got to work with them, you don't have to like them. But I see it with friends too, you know, groups of friends. And I'm going to talk to these people individually and they hate each other. But then they act like they like each other. It's like, why? Such a waste of your likable energy. Why don't you just find people that you like? But anyway, I want to close this out. Uh, so I think we hit that one pretty sufficiently. I want to close this out with the concept of death. Not to leave you on a fucking happy note here, but um, this past week... Uh, somebody who was pretty important in I would say my family's life died uh, was the father of 
of three wonderful girls that I grew up with uh, since I was an infant. I haven't seen any any of them in ages, but, um, you know, d- death is something, and I was thinking about this today because I just found out, uh, but I've dealt with a lot of death over the past few years, and it's just something that it obviously doesn't stop, and the older you get, the more it goes, and the thing is, I don't consider myself at the age where people, I should be losing a lot of people, you know, th- this uh, this man died in his 70s, so that's different. But I started thinking about death is inevitable, right? Every, everyone knows that. But death is also something that we really struggle with processing because when somebody dies, we are sad because we we can't interact. We lose we're afraid of losing the memory of them, but we're also afraid of losing what they've done for us and what they do for us. And, and I, I'm trying to take a different approach and start to think of death as just a reminder that, you know, of your own fragility in life. And I actually think that's why people are scared. People get really upset with death. Because when somebody they know dies, they, you know, it's natural. You think that could have been me. It really could have, Right. So I think when we look at death, at least for me, it's like kind of a sharp reminder to live. Because it's like when I die or when you die, people are going to be sad and they're going to say all this nice stuff and grieve and mourn. And then life's going to move on. And then the more years that go by, the group of people that kind of are thinking about you all the time it shortens. And so it's like, what can we do? Our purpose in life isn't to die. Our purpose in life is to do things while we're alive that make impacts on living people so that they can make impact and impact on other living people. And that's how I think you really live on. That's why I really think, going back to my first point, I think that's the purpose right there. It's like, what can I do? And not in like a, a macro sense, you know, over the next 20 years, what's your five-year plan? Now, fuck that. What can I do today to impact people and make a difference? And I think people really underestimate the impact that they make on others or the impact that they can make on others. People, I think people don't even try because they, they see it as some large thing. But if you, you, could, you could actually spend a day walking around just listening to people and make an impact or just doing small things without recognition, you know, like the, the, <laughs> the antithesis of the, of the Miami hot person money hustle, like just go in the opposite direction, right? Like don't show everybody what you have, show everybody what, what they have inside, acknowledge people, show people who they are, encourage people to learn who they are, encourage people to love more, encourage people to to speak up more, even to you, encourage people to be more upfront and honest with you. Because if, if you can get them to do that, then they can do that with all the other people they know in their lives and with themselves. So yeah, I think the purpose here is impact. And, uh, you know, if, uh, If you can make an impact on people, you're doing it right. And I can tell you, 
there have been people that have made impacts on me that I couldn't even list. There's so many of them. Um, and I wouldn't be able to make an impact on, on any of you if I didn't have that guidance and inspiration and courage that was given to me by other people who made an impact on me. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Me and the cats say goodbye. If you're listening this far, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll speak soon. Take care. Shindo, a bunch of handshakes from the